The Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast. Away day special. The away days are back. It's been a been a long, long time. Uh, I'm Matthew. I'm here with Luke. We are in the Cross Keys, Overspoons. What's this, London Bridge Way, is that what you call it? Bank, could it be? Back of Bank, I guess. Yeah. Uptown, uptown. Yeah, City of London. City of London. London Town. Uh, yeah, we are here having a Guinness uh, and some grub before we head to Tottenham away, which we're very excited about because it's been a, it's been a long time since we've been away. I'm excited about the beer that comes from the ground up, so I'm looking forward to that. You know, the magic beer. Do they do that in the away end? They have got the home end. This is the only reason I'm going. I bet they better do it in the away end. They're sitting in the wrong end then, bruv. But anyway, yeah, so we're... Uh, we're on the way to, uh, to Tottenham. Uh, really looking forward to it. Uh, it's been a long time since we've done an away game. We were talking uh, about that, Rob, weren't we? Like, away games I can remember. Uh, Reading away in the FA Cup quarters. It's a long time ago now. And we've then been you, since then, definitely. You, you said Allardyce, uh, the West Ham game, where we were shocking. Andy Carroll goal, wasn't it? it? Yeah, that, that scissor kick, yeah. scrubbing kick, whatever Andy Carroll did. I can't, I can't, obviously, we, did, we used to do so many, like, Rob. I think about, like, Coventry's, Derby's, Cardiff. Uh, Reading, obviously Reading again, but yeah, I mean that 4-2 in the, uh, what was it, when Vic Moe scored, Am- was it Ambrose scored as well? Klein. Klein, he scored, yeah. Anyway, I digress, let's talk no, about no, today. No, but, but, but Yeah, you're right, it's been Tottenham away as well, we did that a couple of times, did the punch and free kick. Not not to the new ground yet though, obviously. No, no, no. But, punch uh, and penalty. And good news is that Hugo Lloris is not there anymore, <laughs> and he always had an absolute blinder yeah. against us whenever I went to Tottenham away, so... Um, yeah, although they've got a decent... Vicario uh, is doing very well this season, so, uh, yeah. But this isn't a Tottenham podcast. It's not a Tottenham podcast, but, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to the uh, little trip today. So, warming up some Guinnesses and a bit of grub. Um, obviously, we last podded the Everton game, which was, uh, obviously, Roy had just, just departed. Uh, Glasner had just been appointed, although, obviously, he wasn't in charge for, for that game. Um, yeah, we, we talked about that game, so we won't, we won't talk about that too much, but we obviously had a... Very good start to the to the Glasner regime, Glasner, Glasner et al regime uh, last week at home to, to Burnley. Yeah, so I must admit, you were at the game, bruv. I wasn't. I watched it on uh, a magnificent flat screen TV in uh, Little London, Nespia. Uh, but the Atmos was there. I had my Palace shirt on. I had Bear Guinness, uh, Baker Snacks. And uh, yeah, look, I mean, I think, obviously very pleased to get the three points. Uh, the, the, the sort of start that anyone would have wanted under a new manager not positivity but I mean we were quite wasteful especially in the first half I think there was a bit of frustration I mean you, you'll be able to tell me better than, yeah. better than I can tell you but I, I sensed a bit of frustration around the way that Palace were performing up until the substitutions and then the goals happened yeah. um, but what was what was the feeling rather in the stadium what was the atmosphere what was what was it like well, obviously, it's been quite. People use the word toxic. I'd say negative in recent times. Um, a number of factors, obviously, coming together to, to make it that way. Uh, it felt a lot more, uh, a lot lighter. I'd say on the weekend. I think you're right in saying the first half performance. I mean, Palace started really well, which was good. They came out of the blocks, and there was the mistake very, very early on within the first couple of minutes where they finally headed the ball back to the goalkeeper, and he's sort of scrambling. You're not sure if he's going to go in or not. Um, Palace had a lot of corners um, there was a lot of balls into the box as well Mitchell was getting very far forward and there was a lot of balls to the back post for him Munez was really making some runs as well but I said to, to Ian who I went with that 
Palace needed half time it felt like they need to regroup because even though they're up well there was that but it just, it just felt like it just felt like they needed a break from that first half to, to regroup to get back together and to kind of maybe have a bit of a word to change things up because it just felt like up until that point it was one of those games where despite being 10 men it would have gone on a long long time it would have been basically a continuation of what we've had recently we would have huffed and puffed but come out with a, with a point if if not a, a something worse personally I was very pleased with the number of corners because that one made some money on bets of 365 so thanks very much for that I was watching FFL, putting my put my pounds of 50p's on winning big money pay for it on part of Guinness um, but look yeah, James Trafford, I'm, I'm a big fan of him and I thought he had an excellent first half especially, um, made, some, made some good good solid saves, commanded his box well, um, obviously there was the, the, the issue with the, the sending off, whether, you know, I don't know whether that was him or you know, the defender or, or, what, what was that Ralph actually? Well, I, it was a last man job I, I, I didn't think it was a last man because at the other end to us, but it was a last man by the looks of it um, but He put him in a bit of trouble didn't he? Yeah, by, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, let's face it, right? Burnley were rubbish. They were really bad. Like, so there's been some claims that they were the worst team that have come to Palace in the Premier League. I mean, obviously you've this seen... This year? Just, just in, in general. Oh, right. Have you, have you seen worse teams than Burnley? I mean, Don Pfeiffer was saying on the FYP pod that they were, they were absolutely terrible. Um, they, just, they just had nothing. They didn't have the... You'd expect they'd now they'd be, in a, be at the bottom. You'd have some fight and aggression, some fight from them. They just were flat. And I think regardless of the sending off, they didn't offer anything at all. Um, they've spent a lot of money on, on players in the summer and you wouldn't know it. Um, I thought in the away game when we played them at their place, they were a lot better then. Had more fight and bite. But Palace still got three points though. We did, yeah. Six points of Burnley, which is what a, what a team of Palace need to be doing. Yes. Not, not disrespectful to Burnley, but you know they're a newly promoted team. Yeah. And like you said, they spent a lot of money. I think that's gone against them. I think... It's a massive change from what they get. God, how many goals last season? And points. points, over hundred points, wasn't it? It was. They were playing some free fan, free flowing, sort of expansive football. It's, it's almost like they've sort of um, undone their hard work with, with bringing maybe so many bodies in. Well, it felt it felt like you know the previous teams of Burnley. They had a lot of uh, aggression, and they were they did the basics really well. I guess it's a Sean Dice sort yeah. of mentality, right? And I used to quite like watching Burnley in that respect. Yeah. They just had nothing, mate. And I don't know about claims of the worst ever team, but they're definitely the worst team that Palace have played this season at Solhurst. I mean, Sheffield United, people say they were rubbish, but they at least they had something in them. They, and they scored kid. two goals against us. They scored two <laughs> goals, yeah. And you, you felt they could have... Well, and they hit the bar at the end. They could have really late on, couldn't they? They could have gone on to, to get uh, a point from that game. They've even beaten us, actually, if momentum had carried on. But, yeah, it, it, look, it, was, it was a more positive place. The ref found 12 minutes at the end. I don't know where they found 12 minutes from. I was enjoying that because because I wasn't at the game, you know. I give me time to finish my beer and yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but even even that, having said that, it was still pretty comfortable for Palace. It wasn't at risk at any point, and it was the perfect start. Like you say, you can't ask much more from a from the first game with a new manager. So, I mean, we lamented Sky Sports' punditry on the Everton game last night pod for them trying to say that this was some sort of Glasner thing, even though he hadn't even taken a training session with the, with the boys. I guess the same could. Well, I ask you: Could the same be said for Saturday um, last last week against Burnley? But he, I'm conscious he only had three days or two and a half days of the players. Did you, basically, what I'm asking you: Did you see any difference in the in the the type of football Paddington were trying to play? Was there a, a, a 
clear change in, in ethos, direction, attitude to, to, to the way that the players were set up or played differently? I think the dif only difference I saw was we made substitutions a lot earlier than we ordinarily would have under Roy and those substitutions were progressive attacking ones France being the main one who looked really good when he came on yeah I think so and, and it, I think the thing we've struggled with the Palace this year is having the options off the bench to mix things up and you can understand therefore why um, with the limited options there haven't been changes uh, in games having said that Roy did make changes later on in games he would stick with the 11 the, the game plan and the 11 that are there to complete the game plan um, but yeah Glasgow made well, and his team made the changes earlier and uh, those changes I mean uh, uh, Hamada looked alright I'm still not convinced on him I must admit but it's a shame because he looks like he was doing really well in the Bundesliga before he came to us you know and he'd make these sort of very marauding runs with the middle he was very direct very powerful we've seen flashes of it but yeah flashes that's the thing isn't but it but maybe this is a thing but also he is a young player he needs to be playing games there were talk about him yeah. going up being shipped out on loan for God's sake I mean which would have been a that real was, disappointment that's the way to go but that's the way to go I think for him is because he, he's not getting a run mate yeah, but not in term of, terms of Palace squad depth from. you can't afford oh, to let him go no, out on loan sorry, sorry I mean the ideal situation oh, yeah, would course, him, yeah. So, so, but that's the same as others like Ratsaki and others isn't it really that um, you want that opportunity for them to play Cheers, games and to, thank you, and and to to, to you know, build a confidence and also when you're coming from you know foreign leagues, the Premier League is a big I step wherever you're coming from, right? So um, you know, good couple of good parts of Guinness are just beautiful. Can you get a picture of this, yeah, bro? Uh, this is this is sexy. Yeah, uh, no, on your phone. Your phone. Because <laughs> I'm calling the podcast on this one. So, yeah. But no, it's interesting what you say about options off, off the bench and things like that. So you must imagine, right, because Glazza talked about when he came in. Looks sexy. Glazza talked about when he came in. Um, all right. The Guinness. Uh, Guinness. I'm really distracted by the Guinness. It's fucking Look and he talked about how there was talks in the in the autumn about him coming in the summer, and that deal was sort of like I don't know, gentleman's handshake. It was, it was it was a done deal, and they, this had been brought forward. You must think that you talk about options. There's a long-term thinking with this manager, so they must have promised him, uh, you know, a certain something Lemon budget, investment. whatever yeah. it is, in in the summer to make it his own or to put his own stamp in it. Working obviously with Dougie Freeman. So that's going to be interesting to see him. I think Palace are very excited about that. I think there's also the, the, the realistic angle that we are probably going to see one of Gay, um, Elise or Eze be sold, I think, in the summer. Yeah. But, but and obviously it's disappointing because you don't want to see your best players go, but this is the model that Crystal Palace have to adhere to. You know, you, you spend £7 million on Elise, you sell him for 60 This is how you survive as a club at a Crystal Palace size. The thing I say on that, though, Food here, bruv. But I, I must say, bruv, that the, the thing that interests me about the summer and the, the players that may be sold is I'd agree with you but I think the ones that you would typically expect to be sold the Eze the Corre Elise and Gaye you should mention the Corre just on a new deal which is good news yeah those four which are the top top talents I'd say I'm not sure they will now because of the injuries mm -hmm. the one I think may go because he's being consistent in the team is Anderson but we will see we will see okay. Gaye I mean up until now Gay's from pretty, yeah, pretty but, but, then, but then Gay doesn't have a good end to the season in terms of injuries and, and fitness and the like. You know. Look, anyway, the food's turned up. I've got about five chips, so we're going to get stuck into these things now. Uh, 
We're going to come back to part two and we will talk a bit more about the coming situation, but look ahead to the Tottenham game away. Stay with us, keep it six pointer. Welcome back to part two of the Six Pointer Podcast. We have had our grub. Uh, satisfactory, well, not satisfactorily fed because you know the chips, there was 10 of them, but you know, so it's about being cheap, bruv. My meal was lovely, thank you very much. I, I paid extra for the chips, mate. Stop it should going have, on about it. it Stop going on about it. it, 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 it we still got our guineas, it's all good. So, we're going to head off to the game soon, but before we come back and finish our part two of the pod, um, good look ahead to today's game. So, look, we talked about Burnley, uh, we talked about the fact that you know things were different, uh, within a, with a sense of continuity and other, and other things. Um, so you know areas of change uh, but I think we might see some more today do you, what do you think in terms of I don't know team lineup formation uh, starting 11 that might be different today than we saw uh, saw last Saturday there's much merit in us talking about the starting 11 but because you know we're 51 minutes away from the starting 11 being announced this is going to go out after the game but look there's been rumours that Eze might be back um, Gay's obviously out for a bit longer don't know about Elise. I, I wouldn't imagine he'd be back for, for, for a couple of weeks there. But I mean, look, if Eze is back in the squad, in the squad, I, I, I sort of stress that on the bench. That'll be good. Um, this is the thing, though, bruv. You say that. That's why I mention it because actually, you could argue why change a winning team. They just won three 0 There's that point, but also, bruv, you mentioned about the substitution making us look a bit more attacking and a bit more sort of uh, productive going forwards. Yeah. I think though that if France had got his his assist and what well, was two assists, isn't it? Because the penalty counts so well, yeah. assist, doesn't it as well? So there's there's a, a case there for the manager to to set a precedent and say, look, if you perform well, you're in the team. And I think that that's that's potentially something we could see. Um, obviously, with the caveat that we're Tottenham away, that one since 1997 with uh, Neil Shipley scoring the winner there. Um, but I don't think he really cares too much about that. He was asked the uh, question in the uh, press conference yesterday, which I watched. And Who's Yeah, Neil, Neil Shippen was asked that question. Um, and, 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 and Oliver Glasson was pretty nonplussed by the whole sort of thing. You know? um, so, look, I'm sort of half conscious of the fact that Palace's record at, at Tottenham hasn't been great. But, you know, this is the first away game I've been to for years, but I'm, I'm hyped, you know. I mean, it's not just the Guinness coursing through my veins right now. It's, it's, uh, it's excitement. Not sexual. <laughs> Add the pond there, can we? Goodness me. Um, I think what's interesting though is I say, like, would you change a starting, uh, sorry, a winning team, a starting 11? Um, I'd like to see, if Eze is fit to play, I'd like to see him from the bench, bruv. You know, it could be a half time yeah, sub if Palace are not, are not kicking on. You know, that kind of thing is, I think, what I'd prefer, but you just don't know. Don't know which way it's going to go. And I think, you know, um, well, I, I think we need to get up to the ground, mate, because I think we need to uh, do the upside down pints of beer. Uh, and experience the way they maybe, maybe we'll follow up on part three from the concourse possibly like mate. Wembley possibly we could do that although I am conscious of the uh, the drastic shift in mood on the, on, on the uh, Chelsea semi-final FA Cup podcast when there was so much hype so much hype pre-match Colleagues. and comes back with Kev's there and I welcome <laughs> to the um, by the way we are trying to arrange a pod with Kev which is very difficult because he's a very busy man we are, we are, we are. And also there will be an EFB pod coming up that's also when the uh, season kicks off again. I'm going to get out to a game where we're talking about the restructure and the uh, new badge as well, which is very exciting. So uh, that will all be covered uh, by the, the usual suspects. So, Grub, are we going to call a line there and I'll... Um, 
we just seeking one more, couldn't we? Have a quick, quick number one. Have one more. Head to the ground, mate. There's a train calling. Anyway, look. Uh, well, thanks, for, thanks for joining. <laughs> That's the main priority. Thanks for joining us for parts one and two of the pod. Um, uh, yeah, we will talk to you again either either pre either pre the Tottenham game from the concourse uh, in the ground with the upside down pines or uh, or after or after the game. So uh, yeah, keep it six pointer up the palace. Hello and welcome back to part three of the Six Pointer Podcast. Uh, we normally say media, it's not immediate, is it? It's like, what, an hour or so post-match today? After a very brief run to uh, <laughs> the White Hot Lake station, a cross under the tunnel from Liverpool Street to London Bridge, not being able to get another pub, getting into one pub, and then we've got a Guinness, and we're here. Yeah, there you go, that's the narration of events. Uh, so look, 3-1 to Tottenham, Palace uh, backs to the walls for most of the first half, it's fair to say, and then second half, pretty similar, um, set up really, uh, a goal against them on a play, as a blinding free kick, and then it was a case of hanging on, hanging on, could we hang on, and substitutions probably undid us. Yeah. I mean, look, first off, I said to you brother a number of times, that I thought we looked ready Resolute. I thought we looked good. We were frustrating Tottenham. I think you heard about the 35 minute um, mark. The um, the locals getting restless. They were yeah. getting frustrated by Palace, who were breaking uh, Tottenham's attacks down regularly, not allowing them to get through when they get they get through. Surprisingly, Tottenham didn't go wide too 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 many times, um, which was interesting. But yeah, I, I thought that we did really well at half time, and I sort of nil nil at half time. Thought Palace were were good good value for it I think we had a, a shot saved in fact that was offside from JP on the first half um, Sam Johnson obviously made a, a good save one-on-one with Timo Werner as well in the first half but yeah uh, second half we, we looked okay I mean I don't know what Eze scored on what was it 68 or something like that um, I think uh, and that was like you say against the one I play a fantastic free kick made the Palace fans come to life as well which is quite nice because I think I said to you a couple of times during the game that obviously you and I used to be regulars at away games in the uh, late 2000s 2008 2006 to 2000 probably 2011 and we went a few times in the Premier League era of, of 2013-14 but the atmosphere at Palace away games isn't what it used to be um, and maybe that's to do with obviously the Premier League and new fans coming in or whatever but it wasn't wasn't very good from from both sets of fans really I, w- I would say that and then yeah like a baffling substitution for, for Wharton to come off for uh, Hughes and who was it who did France come on for AU I thought well, no, I think AU picked up a knock but neither of those players really provided anything for Palace and, and Palace lost that sort of that passing and biting threat in midfield that, that Hughes that, sorry that Wharton uh, provided and that was the undoing for Palace today unfortunately uh, France had looked very Lost, I think it's fair to say, defensively. Didn't know what he was doing. He's walking around at times. Um, and like I said to you, perhaps it's, it shows the measure of his... Um, where he is at the moment, you know, that he can turn it on against the team against Burnley. But perhaps Tottenham is a, a step too far for him. Yeah, it was, a, it was a shame to capitulate the way we did because... I mean, look, let's face it, they had all the ball, right? We had very little of the ball. It was a case of hanging on and could we hang on? And I think... 
you're looking for the substitutions to solidify and progress you rather than the other way around and unfortunately they put us back didn't they and the um, goals at 77 80 and 86 I think it were like yeah they're coming in quick succession and we have to mention Joachim Manderson who was culpable for at least two of those goals as well um, he, he's not been at his best this season and, and wasn't didn't, didn't cover himself in glory today yeah it was, a, it was it was a shame because it was it was a case that we could hang on I thought but yeah just just felt he probably learned a lot today um, Glasnam in terms of what he's got to work with and the, the changes he has got to to make to, to stay in games it's probably a, a learning curve for him and the team and also welcome to the Premier League because let's be honest I don't yeah. think the game against Burnley last weekend was a Premier League game I mean I, I know it was in, in, in sort of name but really it wasn't really and today you saw Tottenham, top, top, quality, yeah. Yeah. Tottenham turned it on in the yeah. last sort of 20 minutes or so and they, yeah. they, they, they were cut up rather than they, they were. an impressive stadium we've got to say poor atmosphere um, but an impressive stadium nice for a day out as we always say don't, yeah. let, don't, don't let the football do ruin a day out of the football and we haven't done that and let's focus on the positives because I thought Munez was good yeah. on, on occasion I think uh, Mitchell was really good AU was fantastic until he came off injured um, Matessa struggled to hold it up as well as he could do Wharton was brilliant Sam Johnson as well was, was very good yeah the one that won the first half fantastic yeah. save there yeah, so there were positives to take from the game yeah, well, albeit being a free one to beat and look I think last week's 3-0 means that today was a free hit wasn't it it was a case of go into it see what you can get and you know the free kick was completely against one of it's not it's not, not denied Tottenham what deserved, a finish bro. what a finish yeah mate what a free kick but they deserve to win today it's just a shame the way that we sort of capitulated in the last 20 minutes or so but it is what it is look onwards and upwards you, you only hope that we've experienced Glasgow learns how to yeah. see out a game and, and shut up shop a bit better than we did today I don't I don't think France should have been brought, brought on um, I think uh, Mateta was blowing and perhaps him for Edouard was, was the was the change although you can understand keeping him on because he's the only man that can hold it up even yeah. though he's not brilliant to hold it up but he can hold it up so I think he, that was probably thinking there but yeah look it was a um, a good away day for us we enjoyed it we enjoyed the day I think a few beers a nice bit of grub although you, you, you were a bit short changed by the chips but, <laughs> but uh, I did Jacob Mateta enjoyed that few pints of Guinness and we enjoyed it didn't we? it's all good fun it's all good fun look as always at Six Pointer Podcast on Instagram and Twitter thank you to everyone who does get in touch uh, thanks for all the, uh, the likes and the comments uh, and as always uh, yeah up the, the palace. palace the Six Pointer Podcast the Six Pointer Podcast